0: Our scripture reading comes from from Luke, chapter 6, verses 17 through 26. He, he, He came down with them and stood in a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea, Jerusalem, and the coast of Tyre and Sidon. They had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases and those who were troubled, with uncertain spirits were cured. And all of the crowd were trying to touch him for power came out of him and healed all of them. Then he looked up at his disciples and said, blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry, who are hungry now, for you will be filled. for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. There ends the reading of the word God breathed.
1: I'm very grateful (laughs) for all of the assistance here this morning as we figure things out. Now, that's the first thing I want to say that hasn't been said yet to this service. Two other things. Second, boy, it snowed this morning. (laughs) Wow, that was not so... As I was thinking about how we're going to do technology and all that stuff. and And then I look outside and there's like, what, four or five inches of puffy white stuff on the ground? Like, that is not something that I expected to see. Third thing, since it hasn't been said yet, happy Super Bowl Sunday, everyone. Um, I know we, we might have our own ways of celebrating that. Heck, I know even not all of us are going to celebrate that, but statistically, many of us will. One in three of us here in the U.S. will. Uh, it is quite the event, uh, to say the least. Um, in the past, I found it fun to, uh, to get together with, uh, with family and friends Uh, in person or virtually uh, to watch the game. At least I try to watch the game, but there's a lot else going on. Some people like the commercials. I personally like, especially this part, to enjoy the snacks together as as the meal for your evening, which is wonderful. And it's always fun to live in an area as their home team wins the Super Bowl. And I know there are probably many people that haven't experienced that. Of course, we've all experienced that a couple years ago. 2017 was a good year for the eagles but i've experienced that in 96 and 2010 it being from wisconsin as well so three times i've had the privilege of being in a super bowl winning area which has been quite fun it's also fun to watch an event that can make history kind of every time it, it shows up or at least sports history anyway there seems to be a, a record that could be set during every single game so for example Today, if the Rams win, their coach will be the youngest Super Bowl winning coach ever at the age of 36. What were some of you doing when you were 36? I'm sure some very important things also. Um, By the way, I only have three more years to win the Super Bowl, so no pressure on on me either. (laughs) But there's plenty of other records that we keep track of, too. Uh, One that we might know and love. Nick Foles is still the only person in Super Bowl history to throw and catch a touchdown in the same game. So props to him, go Eagles. My Green Bay Packers are the closest that any team has come to winning three Super Bowls in a row. Uh, They actually won three championships in a row from 65 to 67, but the Super Bowl didn't exist in that first year. So on a technicality, they didn't win three in a row. But in my heart, they did. And probably some of the most impressive, just in general, uh, record setting that the uh, Super Bowl has done. Of the 30 most watched TV broadcasts in U.S. history, 28 of them have been Super Bowls. The, the highest one, uh, I think which is in 8th or ninth place, is the last episode of M.A.S.H. Um, but there's only, two no, there's only two non-Super Bowl TV shows that have made that list. So there's a lot of really fun things about it, but as we know in the back of our minds, the Super Bowl isn't all fun and games, even though it is, at its core, just a game. The event itself is complicated and it carries some baggage with it too. I mean, headlines, for example, are always made about food and money. According to the US Department of Agriculture, Super Bowl Sunday is the second largest day of consuming food in the United States behind Thanksgiving and the money that's being spent and made is incredible i don't think we have to talk about it much but tickets and parking are averaging five to ten thousand dollars combined easily uh, 30 seconds of uh, commercial time this year cost 6.5 million dollars and who knows how many millions and billions other companies in the nfl was making it's those type of headlines that also bring up headlines about the disparity with the, the homeless population particularly this year in los angeles Add to that the NFL's recent headlines about race and management positions and domestic abuse and player safety, and this game suddenly becomes a bit more difficult to watch. There's tension created here. Now, I don't mean to completely ruin the game for you or ruin your plans that you might have. I still plan on watching the game later, but I guess I'm also saying that we shouldn't be in denial about what we watch. We can't just take the good and leave the rest, right? So like many things in the world today, the Super Bowl is complicated, and we just need to just know what we're watching. Funny enough, I get the exact same type of feeling when I read today's scripture passage today. Now, I don't often say I feel the same way about football as I do scripture, but I guess today I'm kind of in that space. Today, I feel tension. If this scripture passage sounds a bit familiar to you, I guess it should. You're correct. What we are reading in Luke is Jesus' version of the, this, or Luke's version of the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus gives in Matthew. But in Luke, it's called the Sermon on the Plain. And what we read here are the very first words of this Sermon on the Plain. These words are equivalent to Matthew's Beatitudes, but they're Luke's version instead. And even though they're shorter, there aren't as many uh, blessed are thes in this list of beatitudes. It's a bit more complicated because there's an interesting tension that Jesus is creating here. So Jesus leads off with words that we, I guess, enjoy hearing, right? Blessed. (laughs) People are blessed. So he leads off with words of comfort for his disciples and everybody else who's listening. He basically says that you are blessed in difficult times, times when you are not fulfilled, times when you might be hungry or when you lack money or happiness or your relationships are in trouble or safety is hard to come by, but you continue to love Christ through it all, even if the circumstances might have you questioning or doubting if Christ really cares, you will indeed be blessed. This is reassuring news. So receive it. It's been graciously given to you, this blessing by Jesus. It's a gift that God will be with you always. So hear that. That is the first part of this sermon that Jesus is giving. But here's where this tension comes in. Because it's just after the blessings that are spoken and offered to them, then come the opposite, the woes which is kind of like an exclamation here or a call to attention, right? Much like behold, you know, behold, I bring you good news. Whoa, pay attention to this next part that I'm about to say. Jesus is saying pay attention here because these next challenges are also for you. Just like the blessings were, the woes are too. Jesus is challenging us to pay attention, especially when things seem to be going well. Are these feelings genuine? If we are happy and and joyous and everything is going well. Are we enjoying something at someone else's expense? Are we too self-absorbed when things are going well? I'm picking up notes here of what Jesus is talking about. (laughs) Notes of the words like pay attention because the world doesn't revolve around you. So there's some challenge here. Different things to pay attention to, especially when things seem to be going well in life. Now the reason why this scripture passage is complicated is that Jesus speaks both the blessing and woes that we and we receive those together, meaning we can't just take the good parts and leave the difficult parts behind. We can't just assume that we are blessed without acknowledging that we are part of a world that is challenged in many ways. We can't enjoy the healing and mercy and peace and goodness and all those blessings of Christ without acknowledging The prophetic and courageous gift Christ has of naming every elephant in the room. This is the tension that Christ raises up, and purposefully so. But as much as we're tempted to, don't shy away from that tension. Think about that tension for a moment. Because without this tension, I mean, what kind of world-loving Savior would Jesus really be? What kind of world-loving savior would he be if he preached a sermon to a group of people telling them how much they are loved and cherished and blessed, and then not talked about his concern about the hardship of others who he also loves just as much. Yes, you are loved and cherished and blessed forever, and thanks be to Christ for that. But so is everyone else. So if Jesus were here today, creating that tension. I'm sure there would be a lot of lifting up. Yes, you all are indeed blessed. But then, why are there so many people in this country bearing the brunt of homelessness and income and wealth disparities? Why are there so many blessed people in this country finding it incredibly difficult to keep up with living and rent and health and education expenses? And why are there so many blessed people in this country that feel depressed or angry or disrespected or even oppressed because of how they've been treated by others because of attributes about themselves that they had no control over in the first place. That's important tension to know and to hold on to and to wrestle with. It's important to wonder why blessed people are not receiving love in certain aspects of their life in the places that they live. At the same time, it's also important to remember that we, as individuals, were never meant to shoulder the load of any of these problems alone. We are not the Savior here. Rather, our Savior invites us, invites his followers, to live in this tension of blessings and woes together, to pay attention to it, to not live in denial or ignorance, So that we might be able to do what is ours to do in our corner of the world in order to make it a better place for all. And so that we might be able to love everyone to the best of our abilities and knowledge as Christ loves them. So the tension is real. The tension is meant to be there. And the tension is where we are called to be to enjoy life's gifts and to love and care for ourselves as Christ loves us, while at the same time, keeping our eyes and hearts open to the pains of others and imperfections of the world. Now, unfortunately, there are no easy answers to solving or eliminating this tension in this scripture passage. It simply just lays it out there for us to see and feel. But the truth and the good news we can take from this is knowing that Christ's blessings are graciously given to us in that tension as we strive for peace and justice and love in the world now i feel like this is not a good spot to end a sermon i feel like i should resolve some tension here but scripture doesn't which means i might not have to have that pressure on myself either there are no easy answers or resolutions for this tension but we are simply encouraged to be in it and pay attention to it. Pay attention to the woes and receive the blessings all at once. And now may it be so. May the blessings of our Savior be with us all as we live in this tension together. Amen.